We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How we doing today? <laughs> Vince's big smile. My, we're both freshly shaven today. Ooh. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. Do you do you shave, Vince? Vince, of course, for our YouTube live stream people, we'll just amuse ourselves, I guess, for a second. When you shave, which is not very often, no. Do you go. Do you do like? Do you have electric or do you do like? Oh no. lathered up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, electric does not cut through the Italian uh, okay. thickness of my beard. It I, does. I mean, I mean, maybe the newer ones, but like I started with an electric back in the day, and it 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 no, it doesn't. Uh, it would rub me raw. It's not even worth it. And yeah. so yeah, I've been I've been a straight edge forever. Do you go shower or sink when you shave? Sink. Okay. Sink, I'm a shower you, guy. I've been a shower guy really? for a long time. Yeah. No kidding. I, but I have yeah. to shower first. I always yeah. shower first and then get I get nice, out. Well, I have to have like a mirror in there with me and uh, all that kind of stuff. But it's really on that. Get, you know, like the, the steam and the hot. Yes. Helps out quite a bit. You now that I sometime. I agree with that because that's why I have to shower first. And then yeah. I do it like immediately when I get out. I don't know if I'm talented enough to do it in the shower. Like, I don't know. That I feel like that takes a lot of talent that only Sean Styers has. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for joining us today as we conclude shaving talk tips for, <laughs> for the start of today. Uh, rumor has it there are a lot of bigger topics yes. going on right Slightly. now after USC and UCLA and the Big Ten just swallowed <laughs> up the entire sports landscape for the most part. You'll have to bear with me. I think I'm doing okay so far. I had a dentist appointment this afternoon. My tongue is okay. This side of my face, the right side of my face, and <laughs> and my lip feel you know like they're out to the the doorway right now. But I think I'm I think I'm doing okay. It doesn't look that way. I will give you that. It does not yeah. look that way at all. So I think yeah. you're good. Glad to have you with us today. Whether it's YouTube, one of the myriad of podcast outlets. As always, a simple request: throw us a like subscribe, follow, rate, comment, all of that stuff. It goes a long way toward helping out the Irish Breakdown channels and gets the word out there to, uh, you know, to people all about the show. Um, little little 4th of July weekend. Hope everybody did yeah. all right. We ventured out by Lake Michigan, you know, beach and some breweries and, and all that different kind of stuff. We saw the Elvis movie 
this oh. week. Spoiler alert, he dies at the end. So I don't know if you knew that or not. But <laughs> that's, that's like going into Titanic and wondering what happens at the end. That's right. You know? Yeah. You haven't seen it yet, I take it? I have not. That's one of the things circled on like a date night in the future. So wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. It was I was I went into it a little bit skeptical. But okay. uh, it was it was pretty it was interesting. I like the way they kind of kept it moving and they even kind of weaved some uh you know like modern hip hop type stuff oh, in there a couple really? of different times, which I thought was a little interesting choice, but at the same time it's like okay, like, you know, I, I see where you I see what you're doing there. Okay. But uh, also saw the the season four finale of Stranger Things this weekend. Do you watch Stranger Things? My kids do, but I don't. That's it's weird how it's kind of um the demographic, I guess, seems to skew young, but we started watching it, you know, and it's it's like set in the set in the eighties, fictional right. town of Hawkins, Indiana, which is supposed okay. to be outside Indianapolis, and a lot of uh, a lot of fun eighties references and throwbacks, you know, for someone like me because I was in high school in the eighties, right? You know, like in fact, even like this season, they had like this this bad jock guy, a new character they introduced had a letter jacket with his class of 86 patch on the nice. That was my class, 86. So okay. Took me right back, you know. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of uh, a lot of really bad hairstyles by some of the male characters on there. That's it's again, it's like it's I mean, an interesting choice. Yeah. But, I speaking of letter jackets, holy crap are they expensive. Oh, that's right. You've got to do that now with your son, don't uh, you? Just did it. And uh, I feel like I had to bust out a second mortgage to just bring that sucker home. Like, oh my goodness gracious. I This is the first time I've ever really been upset about the fact that my name is like seven letters long in the back because they charge you by the letter on the back. I, That's true. Nutty, man, how expensive that thing was. I always, oh. We had like all the add-ons. It's like, you know, I had the, you know, like the class patch. Right. And then I had my last name on the back and, of course, the letter. And then, you know, if you want anything, you know, yeah. you can get the extra patches and all that. We had to stuff, get a couple but... patches made, you know, yeah. and then you got to get them attached. So, I mean, he's got four patches on the back. And then right. the year and the letter and the... the... I was like, holy crap, dude. That's <laughs> just, true. I had no idea how expensive that was going to be. There's a lot to it. There's a lot mm. to it. Man. Sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I won't give or give away or spoil anything from Stranger Things. I've seen okay. a couple comments in the in the chat already. It is. It's you know, it's a good show, fun. Uh, there was a really good scene in the finale, and again, I'm not giving anything away with this, but a really good scene in the finale. This new character this season, Eddie, he's kind of the outcast heavy metal guy. He gets up, he pulls out his electric guitar, and he plays this Metallica song. And if you're on, you know, like. You see, it's, you know, the like Metallica is, is trending right now. I'm not even going to say the name of the song. That's how little I'm going to spoil by this. But again, you know, I'm not going to tell you any more about it so I don't ruin it. But it was just a cool scene, I thought. I'm starting to feel my, <laughs> my lip a little bit. But <laughs> the reason he did it was just really useful. And I'll leave it at that. But it got me thinking when I saw that scene this weekend. You know, again, you know, you don't, you didn't watch Stranger Things, but. Right. I don't know about you when you were in high school in the 90s. I was in high school in the 80s. You were the 90s. The show's set in the 80s. When I was in high school in the 80s, the heavy metal kids were not what you'd call like running with the in crowd. You know, and I'm not enough. disparaging by any means, but you know, it's like they were their own crowd, basically. The heavy metal guys, you know, with the hair and the t-shirts, Metallica, Megadeth t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they just kind of hung out with each other basically, you know, but, uh, you know, they even had like when I, again, like in the eighties, when I was in high school, they actually had a place outside that, you know, like the metal guys could go and smoke their cigarettes out there. Wow. But, uh, yeah. You know, so that tells you what, you know, how different times were back then, but they were the metal guys and they just kind of did their own thing. And the thing, the metal guys though, like it get older now, if you kind of look back, Sometimes one of them grows up to be Dave Grohl, <laughs> you know, like Fair. arguably the most powerful rock musician in the world right now. You know, uh, it's seemingly irrelevant, just kind of meh one minute. And the next thing you know, boom, Dave Grohl, Eddie Vedder, Axel Rolls, you know, <laughs> yeah. your, take your pick, you know, whoever it happens to be. You know, they they stand in the corner, smoke their cigarettes one minute. The next thing you know, they're 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 the ones calling all the dots and. I say that because that's kind of the Big Ten right now. Because oh, look at that segue. Remember a couple of years ago, the pandemic is raging. Kevin Warren just became Big Ten commissioner, and he's got a big decision to make. Is he gonna? Are they gonna play? You know, everyone had a decision to make. Are they gonna play football? They shut this season down. Big decision for a first-time commissioner, and he comes in. He's the first major conference to go. Ah, we're not gonna play this year, and it leaves everyone else kind of in the lurch. And yeah. then here comes Notre Dame to save college football. And, you know, remember even ESPN said Notre Dame saved college football. Remember that? I think it was Ivan Mazel did that piece about how Notre Dame saved college football. But the unthinkable happened. Notre Dame joins a conference. And then Kevin Warren and the Big Ten end up pivoting. They decide they're going to play after all. It's a partial season. But Ohio State ends up making the college football playoff. Right. But that was just two years ago. Big Ten was a kind of a laughing stock. With, with all of that stuff going on. They were the first, again, first ones to shut it down. 
then here we are, not even two calendar years later, they're one of the two most powerful college football conferences in the country, you know, conferences, period. And it's all because of this big, fat, lucrative TV contract that they're about to sign. And, you know, they're going to sign a TV deal that's going to pay them over a billion dollars a year. First conference to ever have a TV contract that big. And to celebrate, <laughs> what do they do? Hey, UCLA, USC, why don't you come on over here? We're a Midwestern conference. We don't mind, though, reaching out to Los Angeles. So they get those two big boys, and now the Pac-12 is teetering on the brink of extinction. You know, So they go from being a garage band a couple of years ago to now it's stadium tours for the Big Ten with all this money that they're raking in. And, you know, everyone else is left out there to figure out how they're going to stay alive. And, you know, that sure. includes Notre Dame as well. And that is obviously our topic today with all of this still kind of looming. We did the Twitter poll. We'll get to that here in a minute. But where does Notre Dame go from here? Can they stay independent? Do they join the Big Ten? Do they jump with both feet into the ACC as they are technically currently contractually obligated to do? Or do they, you know, go outside the box maybe and do something else? Man, my, like the more I talk, the more, <laughs> the, more the front of my face becomes numb. It's like the blood is circulating. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kaiser, my dentist this afternoon. Um, I'll, I'll just kind of take a pause from there and get some thoughts from you okay. first, Vince, on what you think about everything right now before I get into this highly scientific Twitter poll that we did this it's afternoon. It's very scientific. And yes. I, I did vote in the Twitter poll, so I'm excited to see what the results actually were. The The results were interesting when I voted, but that was a while back. So I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, where things are. But, yeah. uh, you know... I have to say we were we were in the middle of doing a show when the news broke that USC and UCLA were going to come over to the Big Ten or the speculation, that kind of thing. And I was like, come on, give me a break. That's Twitter bunk. Like, that, there's no way that that's actually happening. I was very – I was shocked, frankly. And now, a couple days removed from that, you, you kind of take a step back and you're like, well, should anything really shock you at this point based on – you know, Oklahoma and Texas go into the SEC and now, but I think UCLA and USC going to the big 10 is an even bigger shock to me just based on geography. I mean, I, it just, it's not a fit. It's, it's not a fit geographically well, for them to come to the big 10. And that's, you know, a lot of things but that doesn't matter anymore. I listened so. and read, you know, some national stuff, you know, whether it was podcasts or, you know, different things at the end of last week, right after all this happened and all these, you know, national guys, they kept wanting to talk about, you know, oh, the volleyball team and the basketball teams and the, you know, it's, I, I get it. It's going to be a travel nightmare, but guess what? They're, and look, I do women's basketball. I love yeah. college baseball. I let, you know, love, you know, women's, but you know, all this different stuff. I, they're just an afterthought, you know, football obviously drives the bus. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a cliche, but it's completely true. Nobody cares about the logistics and all the hoops that all these smaller, they don't. you know, Olympic sports have to jump through because it is all about football. Because even, you know, on the men's side, you know, March Madness is taking a back seat in all this. You know, like my alma mater, Kansas, great basketball school, but obviously sucks at football. And, you know, they could get left by the wayside depending on what happens with the Big 12. I mean, they, you know, they could end up in the equivalent of the Mountain West or, you know, they might even end up in the Mountain West. For all I know, but you know, it's like it's just the way of the world. The 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 money, the disparity in the money is just completely different. Yeah. When you're talking about football, 
It is any other sport, and you know, like they they don't care I, I about guess the, the other silver sport. lining. You know, for USC and UCLA, and anyone who has to travel out there is is the fact that well, you've got more money to cover all that travel now. You know, it 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 might stink. There's going to be some logistics they have to work out. How about USC and UCLA baseball and softball? Well, exactly. Come to this part of the country, you know, in 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 March and April, you know, they're going to love that. They're going to hate it. Nobody cares about that. Right. And I'm pretty sure they both have beach volleyball teams. I'm not sure how that's going to go over in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? And and like Oregon wants to join the Big Ten. Well, what's Oregon the best at? Track. Right. That's their thing is track. You're going to come to run track at Wisconsin or Minnesota or, you know, any of these northern schools. You're going to come to there to run track in the spring. Like It's just that that can't be good for the track program at Oregon. You know what I mean? Like. But they don't care about those. Those aren't money-making sports, and so they—they're—it's th- those are all taking a back seat. They don't care about those. They're not going to be successful in those sports anymore, based on, you know, if I'm picking a baseball school, and I'm a top-flight athlete in baseball, I'm a top prospect. UCLA and USC just dropped on my list because I don't want to go play in Minnesota and Purdue and all these other places in March and April. I, I don't want to do that. I'm going to the SEC where the majority of my games are going to be south of the Mason-Dixon line, or I'll go to the ACC where still the majority of the games are south of the Mason-Dixon line, except for Notre Dame where you have to go every other yeah. year. But I, I'm not going to USC or UCLA. I, I just think this is really going to negatively impact the rest of their sports. But the bottom line is they don't care. They don't care. They want that $100 million payday that That's they're right. projected to get from the football money. Well, look, and, you know, we'll talk about the, the dominant topic today is what's going to happen with, with Notre Dame, obviously. But as we have time toward the end, or maybe this even happens tomorrow, just depending on how long we talk about the rest of this stuff, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, having both Los Angeles teams yanked out of, you know, basically yanked to the Big Ten, the rest of the Pac-12 is losing the Los Angeles market. Absolutely. That's huge. You know, like, so like that is going to, that is going to kill, you know, like those other schools, you know, not that, not that UCLA or UCL USC have to be worried about it, but in terms of impact on the rest of the PAC 12, the recruiting impact on that on now, you're not even going to be televised in Los Angeles. Right. You know, unless it's a national game and you happen to be playing, you know, one of the, one of those schools in, in a nationally televised game, you're, the rest of that conference is not good. And even San Diego for that matter as well, probably, but you're not going to be, you know, in the Los Angeles market, market two, and you're not going to be on it anymore. That's a huge impact on recruiting, especially when you're trying to go down and get those LA kids to go to Oregon or Washington or wherever it happens to be. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Completely agree with that. That's the PAC 12 is in trouble. Uh, yeah. The PAC 12 is in big trouble. And now I just saw a report that a handful of the PAC 12 teams are being quartered by the big 12. Um, yes. And so, you know, what is going to happen there? That's that's another question that's going to have to be answered here real soon. All right. So we did this highly scientific Twitter poll today. What do you think Notre Dame should do is basically the question. The right. options, stay independent, join the Big Ten, join the ACC full-time, form a new alliance. Before I give the results, I guess I could have said join the SEC. I mean, like, do you think that that option is more viable than any of those other four options I get. You know, again, I guess it's out there. I just don't see that being a, a true fit 
for Notre Dame, unless you know the money was just well, so much greater than anything else. Like, if, I guess my biggest, of, like the national footprint of the Big Ten, for example. Now, I, I guess my biggest uh, argument to to that would be. I don't think fit matters anymore. If there's going to be, if, if there's going to be well, two conferences, I don't think fit matters. To I be honest with saying, you, I see what you're saying, but like in terms of like, you know, part of Notre Dame's independence is the ability to stay a national school. And the Big Ten, you've got Los Angeles, you've got two schools out there, so your West Coast, you've got Maryland and Rutgers on the East Coast. And like when you look at at the Big Ten. You know, you go, uh, Maryland Rutgers, who cares about them? Well, the Big Ten Network and, you know, obviously in part the Big Ten, just by having those two schools, whether, you know, how good they are is completely irrelevant, especially Rutgers, though, getting to have that New York market because every cable subscriber out there is paying like an extra buck 20 or something like that per month because of the Big Ten Network to have Big Ten Network added to their subscription, you know, and that was like the first impact, you know, again, it's more revenue for the big 10. It's things that like ACC network, PAC 12 network, there is no big 12, but it's, it's like those kind of things that have really bolstered the big 10 for the last few years that well, these other conferences haven't been able to, to, to solve. And that that's the problem with going to a conference is you become regionalized. I mean, that's, that's the, one of the biggest, but the downfalls. big 10 isn't now. Because because to, of the yeah, fact that to a degree, to yeah, I get that, I get that. I I still think, I still think joining the Big Ten just makes them part of the rest of them. Then it's they're, the Notre Dame's not going to be Notre Dame anymore if they join a conference. They're, they're well, they become like everybody else. I get that's what not you're who saying. Notre Dame is. I get what you're saying, but you're still thinking of like the Big Ten ten years ago. <laughs> I, I think about know. them in any so, conference. They become just the one of many. You're thinking about the Big Ten six days ago. Well, matter. no, I'm before, talking about before, any before conference, the LA schools, any right? any conference. Period. They join a conference, they become one of many. They're not one of one anymore. They're one of many. Sure. So sure. yes, their footprint is bigger, I guess, in the Big Ten. But the SEC is going to keep growing too. I guarantee they'll they'll pick up a couple teams on the West Coast. They'll pick up some teams on the East Coast. You're going to have two conferences. They're going to be coast to coast when it's all said and done. Yeah. So the question is, what should Notre Dame do now? And that's the question that we asked. Two percent right. said join the ACC full time. I don't <laughs> blame that two percent for you know only being two percent. Eight percent said form a new alliance. Thirty-eight percent said stay independent. Fifty-one percent join the Big Ten. And now we assume a majority of those who voted are Notre Dame fans because you know I would think so. Notre Dame show and you know. Those are the kind of people who follow us on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. My preference, stay independent as long as possible. Right. And I think that they still can for at least a few more years, and they do have a lot of leverage. But, you know, we're going to lay out a lot of different factors here in a little bit. But I think the odds that independence is sustainable in the long term, it is shrinking right now. I, I it's, it's not impossible. There's, there's still kind of a course for that to happen. But there's a lot of other things working against it. But at the same time, they definitely have short-term leverage right now in what exactly does happen for their long-term future. Somebody did ask a question. How many people voted in the poll? I believe it was over 700, right? Yeah, it got up to over 700 by yeah. the time it was all So I just want to put that out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I agree with you. My preference, I voted to stay independent. That was one of my vote. That was my only vote uh, was to stay independent because I think they do have a lot of leverage staying independent at the moment. The, 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 kick, the kicker is going to be access to the college football playoff. Yes. Period. That's the kicker. And right now, Notre Dame has an equal seat at the table as the conference commissioners as of right now. And I believe that deal goes through 26, right? So that's where they're at at the moment, okay? I think – and the better Notre Dame gets, right? We, we just got done having a show earlier today talking about recruiting. Notre Dame is the number one recruiting class in 23 and 24 at the moment. Pretty much no matter what happens, Notre Dame is going to be a top three class in 23, and 24 classes looking pretty darn good. If that can translate onto the playing field, you know, moving forward, if they start winning games, they start – you know, winning a national championship, et cetera. They've got tons of leverage and they'll use it, right? And the other key here is Notre Dame is not as dependent on money from the TV deals as other schools to pay their bills. I I do think that's a big piece of it. Not as dependent, but they're also, you know, talking about, well, the athletic department, you know, is, <clears> has <throat> been struggling, you know, lately and all this different stuff. Yeah, you know, and I don't buy that. The, the two biggest things Notre Dame has to have to remain independent. Well, and I get what you're saying, it's, but it's the old argument. Well, they've got money because you're talking about the, thir- you know, the, the endowment and all that stuff. Well, it's one thing to have money. But it's another thing for the athletic department to actually have access to it because sure. you know, and that, the endowment know, that, has nothing. That to money do. goes. That, the money goes to a lot of other. No, things. the endowment has nothing to do with athletics. They're they're That's not right. tapping into that That's money. Right. I, I, but I, you and I are both at games on Saturdays at Notre Dame. They they are literally use you know using leaf blowers and rakes to rake in the money on the weekends. Right. There, there's plenty so, of money. Three main things, Notre Dame, that you touched on one of them. Three main things they need to stay independent. One is access to the college football playoff. Absolutely. Two is a TV contract, a TV partner. They currently have that with NBC. Now, they're making a lot less than some of these other contracts. No doubt. And I'm going to run through all those financials here in a minute and compare. Third thing, and this is, to me, it's a distant third, because if you have the first two, you know, but the third thing is a conference for the Olympic sports to play in. And, you know, it's like, sure. That'll kind of figure itself out. You know, I think that there will always be a place with that for for that, but the two things they need access to the playoff Mm -hmm. and a TV contract. And so let's just start with a TV contract and how it compares to the other, other conferences, you know, and kind of how they, how they all impact each other you want to start there are you good with that absolutely okay yeah no absolutely so notre dame makes about 15 million bucks a year on the nbc deal that runs through 2025 they get another 10 million a year from the acc as part of that arrangement with the acc so that's 25 million bucks a year in total they get from their two tv contracts right now now the big 10 is still negotiating their new tv contract and it's like that is going up all the time. When you add market two and USC and UCLA, sure. and you've already got New York and you've got Chicago. So they've got the, you know, the three biggest markets in the country right now. And now you've got, you know, again, your your footprint print stretches from coast to coast. It's expected to pay a billion dollars annually. It would be the first ever TV contract to pay a conference a billion dollars 
a year. And so that's going to mean an average payout per school of somewhere between 80 and even maybe north of 100 million bucks per year, you know, depending on who they end up with and all that. You know, and again, it's like you add the L.A. market to that and that only pushes it up even higher. Um, So you're talking about, again, for the Big Ten, between 80 and 100 million bucks per school per year. Whereas Notre Dame is is at 25 million bucks total right now. Pac-12 grant of rights TV contract expires after uh, the 2023-24 school year. That averages around a $44 million payout. So that's not bad. Big 12, they average around $41 million per year, the payout per school. ACC, oh, the ACC. They signed a 20-year TV contract with ESPN that goes through 2036. John Swafford signed the deal. Jim Phillips got stuck with it. Total payout per team, 32 million bucks a year. Now, it's called a grant of rights, and it works like this. If this, a school is, the, wants, this is the interesting part, by yes. the way. So this is this, I think, helps Notre Dame big time to an extent, right? Because for an ACC school to get out of the ACC, like if Clemson or Florida State wanted to leave the ACC. Great example. Here's what has to happen. Because those are the, you know, Clemson is obviously the one at the top of the list. Florida State's right after. It's starting to rain. I'm hearing, like, stuff beat up against my window right now. (laughs) But, so, if a school wants to leave the ACC, it would have to pay $26 million, the average annual cost of the media deal, times the number of years remaining on the TV contract. So, for example, let's say Clemson wants to leave the ACC in two years. And at that point, there would still be 13 years left on the deal. So 13 times 26, Clemson would have to pay $338 million to go to the SEC, but, you know, wherever, Big Ten, Big Ten, wherever. To leave the ACC. To to get out of the ACC. Right. You know, and that's that's in 13 years. You know, obviously, you wait a few more years. You know, if there's 10 years left, that's still $260 million. A lot of money. Yeah, so, like, Unless there are lawsuits that, you know, that, that work their way around this. And, you know, again, it's like it, it hasn't worked itself through. There's a lot that an ACC school is going to have to do to get out of that contract. I think, you know, again, that helps Notre Dame because that more or less kind of helps keep the ACC intact. Keeps like, stuck. whether you say the ACC is screwed or, or not, at least for right now, it is cost prohibitive for any team to try to get out of that unless they can find themselves, you know, legally a way around that contract, which, and like you listen to most people right now who have read this grant of rights, it, it doesn't seem like there are too many loopholes or ways out for any of these schools right now. You'd have, you you know, have like, to sue and spend all kinds of yeah, money on lawyers. And, and There's more discussion about the ACC needs to rework this so that like Clemson, whoever, you know, the top, you like, it needs to be tiered basically. So like Clemson is getting closer to 40 million and, you know, Wake Forest is, is the one sitting right. there maybe at 20 million or 15 million or whatever it happens to be. But I, you know, again, I think that helps Notre Dame Big because time. it keeps the ACC intact because of how, you know, cost prohibitive it is for any of those schools to try to get out of this contract. So it at least provides a third you know, like right now we've got the Power Five conferences. It at least, you know, provides one more power conference in there in the mix with the Big Ten 
in the SEC, even if they're not making the same money, those games are guaranteed to be on ESPN. Right. Through 2036. And that's a long time between now and then, which gives Notre Dame a lot of time to win that elusive national championship. Now, (laughs) I I understand they haven't won one since 1988. I get that. But it it gives them time. They're, They're not... This is what people need to understand. Notre Dame's not pressured into making any kind of a decision right now. There, there, there's no pressure on Notre Dame. They can sit back and they can kind of still let this thing play out with plenty of time. I'm, I'm just going to put this up. Irish Shytown says, based on what we were just talking about, unless the Big Ten or SEC pay the exit fees. I mean, I They're realize pay a billion dollars to get three schools yeah, I mean, over. Literally, are they going to pay three hundred million dollars to get Clemson to join their conference? I just don't. I mean, that's basically three years worth of TV revenue per school. I just, I don't. You know, best case scenario, they'll loan them the money. That's kind of what happened with Maryland when Maryland left the ACC to go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten loaned Maryland money, but they didn't loan them three hundred million plus dollars. Right. You know, again, that's why it's so cost prohibitive it's prohibitive for everybody it's prohibitive for the school and potentially you know the new conferences that would want them to come come in right exactly i mean this that whole thing right there benefits notre dame period because they don't they don't have to find a new home for any of their olympic sports at the moment and they won't have to for the foreseeable future they're not going to be pressured into moving around because the college football playoff and these two quote-unquote super conferences they're not locking out clemson or Notre Dame for that matter, because they're stuck where they're at. I mean, Clemson's stuck in the ACC, right? So they're not, now maybe they say, okay, after 26, they say, well, you have to be a conference champion in order to be in the college football playoff. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I But right now, Jack Swarbrick has an equal pie, equal piece of the pie of the college football playoff voting. He's obviously not going to vote for that, right? So, right. you know, he was on the committee that put together the 12-team playoff. And he, of course, has Notre Dame's best intentions at heart. So I trust Jack Swarbrick at this point. Um, And so right now, everything that you just laid out about the ACC, it benefits Notre Dame, and I have a hard time finding a way that it doesn't. Yeah. Now, from the Notre Dame perspective, you know, again, like for them to get out of the ACC deal, which, again, for them it runs through 2036 – as well, Notre Dame would have to pay like around $130 million. So it's more manageable. Like, sure. you know, again, like Chi-Town, and I wasn't just trying to shoot him down. I'm just saying $330 million, and that, and that's what we're talking about if you wait two more years for Clemson. You know, you're talking about what? You're talking about pushing $400 million to get Clemson out of that right now. It's a heck of a lot more cost-effective for Notre Dame to potentially get out of it, you know, at $130 million bucks. You know, if, like if you waited the same two years for Notre Dame to try to get out of it, because I mean, that's basically like one year of Big Ten or SEC TV money. So there's right. there's a big there's I, a and big I don't think the Big Ten's going to be like, you know what, for one year, we'll just give you guys all this. We'll give you our money for one year and you go ahead and get them over and, you know, we'll be OK. It's right. Not, it's not going to happen. But this is also the other side of it that you don't hear enough of these you know, like the doomsayers in regards to Notre Dame around the country, you don't hear them talking about this enough because this, you know, the, the, the financials are obviously a big part of it. You know, whether it's, you know, everyone wants to say, well, the, the ACC is about to collapse. Again, barring, you know, a lot of, you know, legal wrangling, which could take years and, you know, cost, you know, a lot of money, you know, just to do that. I just, I, I don't see it 
just falling apart. They, you know, they're not in great shape just because of, you know, again, John Swafford, he signed this 20-year deal. He said, well, I'll take the assurance that we're getting some money for the next 20 years. Well, you know, so now the Big Ten's deal is coming up. Kevin Warren inherited a much better situation than Jim Phillips inherited because his TV deal is coming up. And all of a sudden, again, he's the hot kid at the dance that everyone wants to party with, you know, or dance with or whatever, you know. So it's it's a lot different for the Big Ten right now. And for Notre Dame, their NBC deal is expiring after 2025. So you've got four more years for Notre Dame on the NBC deal. So there's a couple of different things with that. One, CBS is going to lose the SEC in a couple of years. So maybe Notre Dame gets some, le- you know, the more the more bidders you have, yeah, the better I, leverage you have. And Fox could also. Yep. I think know, there's going to be a three-way You could have a three-way battle. bidding war. Yep. For, you know, so again, you're talking about how sustainable is independence in the long term. And the fact that Notre Dame could have a three-way bidding war between NBC, Fox, and CBS only helps them when it comes to, you know, again, being able to keep a TV contract because that's part of the independence. They've got to have a national TV partner to keep these home games on TV. You get that and you get a bidding war, and now Notre Dame's really in business. And again, that, that contract's coming up in three years so i think i think that all these tv networks are going to start rubbing their hands together and they're like you know they they want to get them some notre dame because notre dame can say what you want they bring eyeballs to the tv baby ratings they They, had they had i think it was 16 games over the last three plus four years that uh had three million plus uh viewers those games and you know it's like schools like alabama ohio state michigan those are the ones in front of them you know so they're 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 right in there yeah right in there and there there's going to be attractive there's going to be a bidding war for notre dame that that's just a fact now things can obviously change in the next three years when you would be putting that contract up you know for for renewal uh there the landscape we know can change in a matter of days there's no there's no doubt about that but I just feel like Notre Dame has the leverage right now and they will continue to have the leverage. They, Notre Dame doesn't need to make a hundred million dollars a year in the TV right. deal in order for them to be sustainable. They don't need that. Okay. But people need to understand it's not just about the dollars. Okay. It's about, like you said, it's about access to the playoff and a national championship. It's about a home for their, um, their Olympic sports. And then it's about money. Money isn't the number one thing like it is for other schools. There's a lot of schools out there, UCLA being one of them, where the TV deal pays for everything. That's what's paying the bills for UCLA, as an example. That's not the case with Notre Dame. They don't need the giant TV deal to keep the doors open. Okay? $50 million? They're going to be plenty happy with that because that's what they make now. Right. But again, like, is it, here's my only question. Here's, you know, you get a bidding war, especially with three major, you know, the three, the three of the networks, then you're in great shape. NBC, Fox, CBS, potentially, because again, CBS is losing the SEC in a couple of years. But my only question is, does Notre Dame's current scheduling model, you know, playing Marshall, UNLV, you know, those kind of schools, what, you know, a Mac school every year. 
is that attractive enough, you know, for for one of these networks to pay out, you know, because you're going to get those schools plus your arrangement with the ACC. You're going to get USC or Stanford every year. You're going to get Navy every other year. You know, like, is that attractive enough? Because when they play the Ohio States and the Clemsons, you know, on ESPN on the road, those are big games. Sure. You know, those are going to draw big eyeballs. But do these do these other opponents make them attractive enough that someone's going to shell out that kind of money? How confident are you that you know that 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 schedule is going to get them that you know closer to that fifty million bucks or whatever you know that you're that we're, we've been talking about? Well, look, every every school has the directional schools and you know cupcakes that are part of their home schedule. Every school has that. No, that's, that's true. not changing but, anytime soon. But the you know the benefit you know because like I don't want to cut you off, but I'll just go you know like if you were yeah. comparing it to say joining the Big Ten, where you basically would go back to a 1990s schedule where you've got Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, you know all these different. But they're still going to have the, know, they're still going to have the Mac school on there. They're still going to have. Oh, I know, I know, Jackson but you're but you're State also going whatever. to Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue. I think are. Are still more attractive, for example, than North Carolina, North Carolina State, Wake yeah, Forest. Yeah, I think that's up for debate. I don't is 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 Notre Dame Purdue a really a I know national it is from draw? a fan standpoint. Like if you ask the fans, they definitely like to see that. That, right? that that's a national Purdue is a but national if, draw. I think it's a, I think it's a local draw. Well, okay, Purdue, like take that off. Michigan, okay. let's let's say Michigan, Michigan State, State. I think that's a local draw too. I don't think that's a national draw. I think it's maybe a it will TV be draw. Maybe it's a better it could TV be draw. Maybe it could be eventually. Michigan, national draw, granted. For sure. Ohio State, For sure. national draw, no doubt about it. But, you know, Notre Dame's got Clemson on the schedule. They've got Ohio State on the schedule. They've got Alabama coming up on the schedule. Like, they've got some big ticket games that are going to be big time for Notre Dame. But I, I see where you're coming from. I just think that it's those those are bigger games regionally, which is my number one reason for not being in a conference, is you get regionalized. But – I, I I see what you're saying, and I think whoever they 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 team up with on the TV side, right? They're going to have somewhat of a say when it comes to scheduling, yeah. right? Within reason, you're not going to get a marquee game every every week. That's just not that's never going to happen, right? Yeah. But they're going to have a say. I mean, look, NBC had a say on which game went to Peacock last week uh, last year. Notre Dame wanted to put a big a bigger game on Peacock, and NBC was like, oh. Whoa, whoa let's put the Toledo game on Peacock or whatever game it was. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there is well some give again, and take there too. But again, you know, like are other TV networks going to be eager to say, well, okay, we've got a throwaway game that we need to put on our streaming service instead of actual, you know, CBS or Fox or whatever it happens. To well, be. Someone and I was asking just, just real quick. Yeah, yeah. Someone in the chat was at, and I can't find it now because we're getting a lot of activity in the live chat, but, was asking how much Notre Dame gets from the road games. That's part of this ACC contract. You know, that's roughly right. like 10 million bucks. Now that, you know, they get, you know, like some extra, you know, when you're talking about Fox and stuff like that, when some of these get, you know, some of the games end up on Fox with the road games and those different kind of things. But, you know, really we're talking about probably, I, I would have to guess, you know, 30 to 35 million to in total from all of those, because we're talking about 15 for NBC, 10 million a year, for the ACC and then, you know, right. Some extra kick it. So do you like, so like you think, you think 50 million bucks 
is a good number, even based on what everyone else is potentially making out there. From like Notre Dame makes gets fifty million bucks a year from their from or, their or contract total from, from their contract. their contract. And so then you whatever. think it could go up from fifteen to fifty? I just do. because you get a bidding yeah, war going I on, somebody do. someone's going to pay that kind of money. Because I think I think there's going to be a. Like before, it was NBC and who nobody. Like nobody was nobody was bidding against them. It was just yeah. NBC. I don't think there was any legitimate bidding wars for that contract. I think that changes this time around, especially with CBS losing it. And I think Fox would love to have Notre Dame. I I think that there's going to be a bidding war. I do. So I think I think fifty from their from their deal, and then whatever the ACC gives them on top of it, I think that they would be very happy with that. I do. Okay, so that's the TV contract part of it. Because again, as we've said, got to have the the two main things. You got to have access to the college football playoff, and you got to have a TV contract. Because right. if if you don't have a TV contract, oh, you, you don't have a place to put your home games. You know, and they've had that for what three decades now. With Absolutely. NBC. So that's going to be really interesting to see where yeah. that goes. And I would I would think that those negotiations are going to start relatively yeah. soon. And I mean. If they're not even already right going on, and you know, because again, the number is still going to be significant. You know, it's going to be about half of what like SEC and Big Ten schools are getting if it is fifty million bucks. But at the same time, you have to factor in how much Notre Dame values its independence, and that in you know, and again, like what you've said, they don't have the same kind of athletic departments, and you know, they don't run things the same way as a lot of these other sure. schools do. So I, I think sure. that that the value of independence, being able to play Shamrock Series games, being able to do all these different things, that that factors oh, yeah. in there as well. That helps offset some of those millions of dollars that you're not going to be getting that, that those other schools will have. Agreed. Okay, so as to the college football playoff and the access to the playoff, the current playoff arrangement runs through 2025 as well, which is basically the same time Notre Dame's TV contract mm. expires. So mm. that in itself, you know, kind of maybe it gives them sort of a short-term, you know, kind of target, I guess, because sure. Brian Driscoll and I were talking a little bit ago and we're kind of hearing some things that, you know, this is looking like maybe Notre Dame – you know, might just decide to weigh things for a little bit longer. They don't feel like they're, you know, rushed into anything right now, which I think we can all agree is a good thing, unless you're not, you know, in on Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's another story altogether. But, you know, again, they still have some leverage, you know, because, again, you know, there's been talk about schools like Clemson, Florida State, leaving the ACC for the SEC. And you look at the prohibitive nature of that contract with the ACC, that helps Notre Dame, as we talked about. The, you know, it helps essentially keep the ACC together because, you know, of what it would cost for those schools to get out. Um, but as much as anything, the college football player is a TV show, and it relies on the conference commissioners working together to determine what the format is going to be. And the Big Ten and the SEC, you know, like when we talk about leverage and it comes to running these meetings for you know, negotiating how this next um, – you know, arrangement is going to go. Those two conferences right now drive everything. You know, like if they wanted, they could essentially say they're going to do their own thing, hold their own playoff, and everybody else, you can just go do what you want to do. You know, 
uh, you know, that would obviously impact Notre Dame. They don't have to include the other conferences, you know, and that that's kind of a, you know, a big potential wrench because, you know, what probably pushed us to where we are right now is, you know, with USC and UCLA heading to the big 10, you know, remember a year ago when this 12 team proposal came out, Jack Swerbrick was a part of it. And he and Greg Sankey in the SEC, you know, were two driving forces in this whole proposal. But, you know, we get this proposal to go to 12 teams. ACC and the Pac-12 wouldn't yeah. agree to it. Right. And there had to be unanimous approval for this to change before this current TV contract runs out. Pac-12 didn't agree to it because they wanted to guarantee that the Power 5 champions were all going to get a spot, you know, get automatic college football playoff bids. And so... You know, even though this 12-team proposal said, well, the top six conference conference champions would get in, that wasn't a guarantee enough for the Pac-12. You know, they were worried they might be the seventh race, but eighth best conference champion. They said, no, we want to guarantee that as a Power Five, right. our, 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 our school is going to get in. And so, you know, I, I think that that's part of what, what drove the Big Ten to make this move and what drove USC and UCLA to make this move. And, you know, so again, I guess the bottom line is there's still a lot of uncertainty with what exactly is going to happen to the college football playoff now, right? right. Because of, because of the fact that, you know, if you want to call them two super conferences, that's what you've got. They're the teams or they're the conferences with the most power right now, the big 10 and the SEC, they're going to have a lot of say in what happens, you know, in terms of a playoff going forward. Absolutely. And that, you know, the only thing that is at this point is going to prevent Notre Dame from having access to the college football playoff is if the SEC and the Big Ten get so powerful that they can break away and say, look, we're going to do our own thing. We're not going to be a part of your playoff anymore. We're going to do our own playoff. And you have to be either with us or you're against us. And then then you're pitting the NCAA essentially – well, not the NCAA, but the remaining – what? depending on how it works out, right? A hundred, you know, 75 teams versus the 40 teams ish that are in the big 10 and the sec. What does that look like? You know what yeah. I mean? So that's really what it comes down to until that happens. Notre Dame is going to have access to the playoff and you just have to hope if you're a Notre Dame fan, if you're a college football fan, frankly, you have to hope that the big 10 and the sec don't get enough power to break off and force the hand of everybody else in college football. Right. Right. I, 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 they're trying to do that. I think, I think that's maybe the end goal, but well, as of I mean, right if, now, there are ways if, away. If from one that. of them gets Notre Dame, they, they absolutely, you know, right. can do well, there you go. Want. But and, I think Notre Dame still being a, a, you know, essentially a free agent, if that's what you want to call it, that that's, Notre Dame is still a game changer in that. Yeah, they can still completely impact agree. how those decisions are made. And I do think the fact that Jack Swerbick and Greg Sankey have a really good relationship at least kind of helps things sure. along those lines, again, for the short term right now. Because yes. you know, one of the questions is, how long does, does you know, Notre Dame has leverage now. How long do they keep that leverage? Right. You know? I, and I think, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, if they, if they you know, don't go to the Big Ten right now when they have the opportunity. You know, they're never going to be able to go. I call BS on that because any conference will 
get on both knees and beg Notre Dame to come to them if Notre Dame is ever shopping to be in a conference, period. I, I don't ever believe that that will not be the case. So if Notre Dame's hand is forced because they say the college football playoff, you know, like I said, if that scenario occurs and Notre Dame has to enter one of the conferences, they are both going to take Notre Dame with open arms. I, I, you, I, I have a hard time believing that that wouldn't be the case. So what it seems like based on everything you're saying, excuse me, we agree on what Notre Dame should do. You're in the Notre Dame should stay independent as long as possible. Yes. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Do not give up the leverage. Do not give up the power that you currently have. I think that would be a mistake. I really so, do. Craig Sebring says, <clears throat> I still say ACC. So let's talk about the ACC. Do you consider that, Vince, a viable option for Notre Dame to go full-fledged into the ACC? Like, is that is that more attractive than either independence or the Big Ten? I do not see the ACC being a viable option for Notre Dame football-wise. I just, it's not a strong enough conference right now. And if Notre Dame was considering joining a conference, I don't think ACC I think they're third place. I, I think they're the third option for Notre Dame if they were looking for a conference for football. It's a great conference for the other sports. Things are going really well in that regard. I think that if you asked all the head coaches at Notre Dame, they'd be say, they would say that they're very happy in the ACC, uh, except for the hockey coach because he's in the Big Ten. But everybody else would say that they're happy with their affiliation with the ACC. But from a scheduling standpoint with Notre Dame, it's hard enough right now with the five games that they have to play against ACC opponents to continue with their strength of schedule based on who they get from the ACC. It hurts yeah. them, to be honest with you. I think it hurts them more than it helps them. So they have to do it in order to keep their other sports happy, and I understand that. But if they went full-fledged and now you're talking about, I don't know, a nine-game ACC schedule, I, I just think that that doesn't do Notre Dame any favors at all. And part of the reason is we still don't know – what the like we keep talking about they have to have a path to the college football playoff we don't know exactly like right now we know what that path is going to look like through sure. 2025 we know what it's going to look like but there's going to be a new contract after 2025 and that's with with every you know with all this shifting and everything else sure. that's happened again that's the uncertainty right now and and that's where the conversations are going to have to take place because again like a week ago all they had to figure out was, okay, the, in terms of the college football playoff, we've, we've got, we're sticking with a four-team format through 2025 because Pac-12, you know, to be fair, the Big Ten didn't want to agree, agree to it. The ACC didn't want to agree to it either. But so through 2025, they've got to stick because they had to have unanimous approval from all the conference commissioners to change anything before the right. current contract ends. But once that contract ends – all they have to have is majority. But again, if the Big Ten and the SEC, because they're the two conferences, you know, with the most power sure. brokers, yeah. basically, if those two conferences decide we're done with the rest of you, we're just going to go do our own thing over here, then maybe technically Notre Dame still has a path to a college football playoff, but it's essentially going to be Big Ten SEC are the varsity playoff. Sure. And then everybody else is playing for the JV championship on right. the other side. Exactly. I completely agree with that. You know, and I, I, 
the funny part to me in this whole thing, in this whole scenario, Notre Dame wanted to be a member of the Big Ten back in the day. Like they wanted to be a member. The Big Ten was like, nope, we don't want you. Stay away. You know, that was led by Michigan. We don't want you. We don't want you. We don't want you. And it was multiple times Notre Dame tried to get into the Big Ten. And they didn't want them. And now all of a sudden, it was like, oh, they got to go to the Big Ten. <laughs> Notre Dame's doing pretty good on their own. They, I think they're good at the moment. You know what I mean? I, I think that's the whole, that's the funniest part about this whole thing to me is this, if Notre Dame was accepted into the Big Ten way back when, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But also, Notre Dame wouldn't be Notre Dame that we know it either. So there's that. It's very true. That's very true. And I mean, you know, again, like going back to the schedule they're playing right now, it is very conducive to them being in the mix for a college Absolutely. football playoff berth every year. But again, not knowing what, you know, what the college football playoff format or even who is going to be involved with it in what does that come out to? Four years, you know, five years, like, you know, five seasons down the road. Sure. Th- that's what we don't know right now. And, it, and I agree with what you were saying about the ACC. I just don't think it makes sense at all because, I mean, just as, a, you know, again, like the schedule might be better for them, but the ACC could end up being left out of this whole thing. But, you know, again, they going could. back to what we were talking about for the short term now anyway, that plays in Notre Dame's favor. The Absolutely. fact that the ACC is sort of held together by financial right. constraints and all that different kind of stuff. But I just like when you look long term and you're going to compare it, like if Notre Dame is going to give up its independence and it's only going to get around 40 million bucks a year in, in TV revenue from an ACC affiliation versus a hundred million plus from either the big 10 or the sec. I, you know, I just, I don't think there's a much of a decision there. Do you, you know, you can, whether you, you know, whether you say money is the driving factor or not, like if you're going to give up your independence. Oh, if you're going to give up your independence, you're going to give up your independence either way. It doesn't make sense to take half as much money. Right. No, if you're giving up your independence, you go for the biggest payday because I, I agree with you five years ago. The ACC was the best fit for Notre Dame as far as academics and all the, and regionality and you know all the different things that everybody talks about. What were so important to conferences before? You can throw all that out the window right now with the Big Ten going to get UCLA and USC, and frankly, with the Big Ten going getting Rutgers and Maryland and all that. Regionality doesn't matter anymore academic fit I don't think matters anymore nobody cares about any of that anymore and it's going to be hard for guys like you and me and Brian and all the guys that are over the age of 25 to understand that that's not the conferences we're dealing with anymore yeah those things don't matter anymore and it's sad I don't like it but that's where we sit right now it's just a name the conferences are now just a name the other stuff it doesn't matter and so if if Notre Dame is going to join a conference, then I am all for taking the biggest payday they can find. Yeah, you know, I, I had the tweet last week about, I think it was one of the national writers tweeted something about Notre Dame has leverage right now, but, you know, Big Ten, you know, might be a good fit. And, or, you know, I can't remember exactly what their tweet was. And I said, yeah, that's what Penn State thought about 30 years ago. And, you know, some people, you know, well, Joe Paterno thought this and, you know, whoever thought that. Well, you know, for one thing, 
what the football coach thinks and what the president of the school <laughs> and the athletic director think, you know, mostly the president of the school, because they're the ones who ultimately are going to make these decisions. Sure. What, you know, those are two completely separate things most of the time. So whether Joe Paterno wanted to join the Big Ten is completely irrelevant. But I think you can argue that Penn State, even they weren't probably – as national a brand as Notre Dame back then, they were still oh, they, they were, were independent. Of, yeah. They were still a national brand back then. Absolutely, and they are not now. They are a nope. regional nope. brand. Absolutely, and it is completely different. You know, and again, Joe Paterno might have wanted to stay independent, but Joe, you know, again, it's the school president who's going to make that call. And I do think that Penn State had some leverage back then, but they ultimately decided sure. That that's I, what they wanted to and do. I, I think that was their downfall as far and as And they being also didn't power. have a TV contract like Notre Dame has. Right. You know? Again, Absolutely. that's why so many of these schools over the years. Yes. Remember, Miami was an independent once too. You know, these Florida schools State fallen, was an independent, yeah. I believe, when they were back being a powerhouse. They've all fallen by the wayside because they don't have what Notre Dame has that is all, you know, a big part of this, and that is that TV contract. Notre Dame has a national TV contract. And you, right. you know, like, it, it's it's great that your games are on ESPN every week, but the amount of households that a game reaches, if it is on a broadcast network, NBC, CBS, ABC, or Fox, compared to a cable network, even one as big as ESPN, I, yep, is almost inf- you know it's 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 so much bigger. You're talking about hundreds of millions of homes versus yep. a few million on broadcast TV versus cable TV. Yeah, and, I, and that is yeah. a huge difference. And that is that is why Notre Dame has been able to stay independent for as long as yes. they have because they have that TV contract and those other former independents don't have that. And, you know, like, look at BYU. They tried to give it a go. And they were never able to, to get the money out of it because they don't have that even close to the same kind of TV contract. Right. And, and they're joining the Big 12 now. Yep. Absolutely. And Notre Dame is going to be by themselves pretty much in the world of independence. And um, I think that that's a very interesting place to be. And they have power. And no matter what anybody says, they have power. And ND Nation says everyone has ESPN. They say, I don't. I, I don't have ESPN. I mean, I look, not everybody has ESPN. I can guarantee no, you that. And, because one, because one, we're in an age right now where cord cutting is. Yeah is the big thing. Not Absolutely. everyone. It is, it is literally, give me, give me just a second here. I'm going to do a quick Google search. Okay. And I'm going to tell you the difference between the households that have ESPN and the households that, uh, the major networks reach. Okay. Hang on just a second. This is ESPN was in 76 million households at the end of disney's fiscal 2021 year so 76 million all right writing it down remember that number and that's a year ago it's probably less than that right now because of with covid and everything yeah but again uh, i'm giving you a basic households that have nbc one in three household okay no hold it
I know this is this is very it's riveting, riv- riveting right audio, now. but not look. You're you're going to make a really good point here in a second because anybody with a TV and a pair of rabbit ears has ESP or has uh, has network TV. I mean, right. bottom line, right? And how many people are in the United States or how many households are in the United States of America? I almost get, and I'm not going to deal in exclusivities here, but I would say the vast majority of people in America have a TV in their house, at least one, right? Right. So they all have NBC, every one of them. And somebody, uh, Spanky wants to know how how the heck was I watching uh, the College World Series if I don't have ESPN? I have my ways, right? But I don't, I do not okay. have it personally. So, yeah, three hundred and twenty nine million Americans. <laughs> okay, seventy six million households have ESPN. So there's, if you if you That's have a TV, 150, 153 million more households. Yes. If you, you have go. a TV, you have access to broadcast television. That is right. that is the difference. Yeah. And, th- and that is that is part of the value of Notre Dame being on NBC. Like as sports fans, of course we have ESPN. We have some kind of access. I have access to, to ESPN. it. I just don't we're have going, it in my house. We're going to find access to it. But there is just a huge difference between being on ESPN versus being on one of the four major broadcast networks. That's all there is to it. Right. Again, 329 million Americans. Right. That's a big difference. I mean, bottom line, that's a big difference. You know? So, yeah, it's, again, Notre Dame has leverage. So, you know, people might be upset by that and that's fine. They're allowed to have, they're allowed to be upset by that. That That's okay. That's why Notre Dame is who they are. They're either loved or they're hated. People hate that they have as much power as they do, but they do. Bottom line. Here we, here we go. The number of TV households estimated is 122 million. So there is okay. your, like I said, it took a couple more Google searches than I thought, <laughs> but a quick Google search. That so, seems actually low to me, but okay. So, I think so as well, but it's still fifty million more. That's right. Know. All right, we got a, a super chat. Can't Notre Dame leverage one hundred million plus total as independent sixty million for home TV package and ten million for road games with the ESPN and Fox balances out for networks. Uh, they get access to both crappy and elite <laughs> Notre Dame games there's ways for Notre Dame to leverage their money. Let's put it that way. I, right. I, I absolutely could. They, could they get 60 million for, you know, their home deal with, with somebody, whether that be Fox or CBS or NBC? Yeah, they, they could. And then they're, it's, they're under contract with the ACC for the awake for, for a, a cut of their money right now. That's 10 million. So you just add 10 onto that. So that'd be 70 million right there. 60 plus 10 is 70. That, that's, Pretty darn good. You're 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 def, you're within you know a pitching wedge of the big Again, conferences at that point. It it depends on you know like he's talking about could they yeah sure they could in theory leverage a total of a hundred million bucks. But the big X factor in all this is the potential bidding war that you would get between yes. three networks. You know how right. badly does NBC exactly. want to hold on to it? You know and versus versus. CBS and Fox trying to get it into the mix because, you know, Fox wants to add to what it's doing. NBC wants to add to what it's doing, but it can't add if it doesn't keep Notre Dame right. to begin and, with. And CBS is yes. going to be out of the SEC business here. 
and in a couple of years. Away so you games got three are, potential yeah. bidders for it. away that games is, are tougher though, because especially when right. you're talking about playing other conferences, they're in charge of their home games when it comes to the TV. Notre Dame is a visitor. You, you're not going to have you're only going to have so much power. Okay, Notre Dame's not going to have power over the TV rights to their games on the road. Well, and that's why Notre Dame gets a cut right. of that you know, ACC's TV contract because of their arrangement. Now they get a smaller cut, but they still get a cut. They still get a cut. And And again, they're going to get something from, you know, like from Fox or CBS if they're on those networks for for those games, but obviously not nearly as much. Travis Shuttlesworth says Big Ten is on Fox, which is a broadcast network. Yes, but not all of their games are on Fox. Um, The vast majority of the Big Ten games are on the Big Ten network. They're not on Fox. The big game of the week is on Fox. There's one game a week in the entire Big Ten that is on network TV, right? Unless they're playing right. on the road against somebody else who happens to be on network TV, like ABC or something like that. But right. there's one game. And for example, <clears throat> Ohio State, yes. They, you know, they're on a lot more than other people. Fox. Yes. But not every home game is right. on Fox. Like right. every <clears throat> Notre Dame home game is on NBC. And look, and we've talked that about every other school in the country. Right. Notre Dame is the only that, that's that's yeah. that's why that that's why that contract means so much. And you know, what leverages their independence is their ability to have that contract because nobody else can say that. You know, they might have a couple games on Fox, a couple on ESPN, a couple on ABC, but nobody else can say every home game, with the exception right. of maybe the game that ends up on Peacock or you know, it was you know, NBC sports network, you know, once a year or whatever, but nobody else in the country can say all of our home games are going to be on a broadcast TV station, which gives them a much larger reach. Yes. No question. No question about it. And I, we've talked about, see my preference, you know, cause my opinion means everything is that Notre Dame and Fox come to some sort of an agreement and Notre Dame has that three thirty slot right after the big noon, big 10 game. They, they have their big game at noon. Notre Dame slides in at 3.30. Boom. I, I, I love that idea, frankly. But, yeah. again, that <laughs> that just works out well because I like some of the guys at Fox better to broadcast Notre Dame's games <laughs> and things like that. Right. So there's a lot wrapped up into that. But the way that Fox does their thing right now, their big games at noon, which is brilliant, by the way, because there's no other big games at noon. They, they created brilliant. a new primetime window. Even brilliant. though it's at noon and it's early in the day. And I love that. People frankly. Are watching. The ratings are great for the big noon kick. Yes. I, I love that strategy. And so I like where their head's at. I want to be a part of that. Like I want and quite frankly, you know, like people scoff at the notion of, oh, are you know, USC and UCLA mm-hmm. going to be playing these 9 a.m. games? And you know if what? If they want to be on national television, they will. It's a new TV window. You know, <laughs> and again, it's just like the NFL going to London to play 9 a.m. games. And I realize it stinks to have to roll out of bed. You know, I lived on the West Coast for a year. A long time ago, and That's I right. actually now I was young, so you know, I was 20, <laughs> 21 years old. So, you know, when I say this, you know, I like the idea of rolling out of bed hungover and watching the NFL <laughs> is, you know, at 10 a.m. on Sunday, right? That appealed to me. If yeah. I was going to be hungover, at least I could roll out of bed, yep, and 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 the games were going to be on at, at 10 a.m. I did not mind that one bit, just like. On New Year's Day, you know, like the old New Year's Day, we would roll out of bed, and at 11 a.m., there was going to be a game on, and then by 11.30, there was going to be another game on, and by 1 o'clock, there was going to be a third game on, and we could right. just watch, you know, multiple games all day long. I loved it. 
Absolutely. I'm all about that. No matter what my intake was the night before. I love it. I'm all about as much football as I can possibly stomach. And it works out well because the IB pregame show is going to be from 10 to noon. We roll right into kickoff at noon and we just watch football the rest of the day. Like that, that's your, that's your game plan on Saturdays, folks. That's right. That's right. And then, you know, you just get that much more stuff done later in the day. That's right. You actually need to. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We got another super chat. Craig Sebring says, Then I say fine, no conference, stay independent. Let's win a couple national championships and some major bowl games. And that's... that. Look, you want to talk about leverage? There it is right there. Yeah, Notre Dame will have the ultimate leverage if they can go and be a player on the national stage by winning a national championship. That will automatically, they're not excluding Notre Dame from any of these conversations if they're winning national championships over all of the other parties involved, period. That's your leverage right there. Craig, I am 100% on board with you. Stay independent, go win a national title, and then they're not going to be able to ignore Notre Dame as a seat at the table. Right. I had a comment that I was just going to throw in there, but now I can't. Well, the uh, the it. comments have been fast here's, and furious today. It's been here's great. an interesting one from earlier yes. from Drunk Vigo, who was really active earlier. Notre Dame needs to create its own super conference, bro. And it's <laughs> <laughs> talking to you, bro. All right, bro. Uh, you know, I, this is one option. Yeah. That you know, I you know, it was part of the Twitter <laughs> poll that didn't get a whole lot of play, but this is something yeah. that's out there as well. You know, yeah. like. I don't know exactly what it could look like because of, you know, here's, here's one thing that I would say, you know, like if the ACC is really serious about Notre Dame, for example, then, Hey, ACC, since you've got this bad TV contract through 2036, how about you think of, you know, blow up what you actually have right now. You, you know, you keep Clemson, Florida state, Miami, Maybe you keep North Carolina around. I'd keep Georgia Tech around just because you get the Atlanta TV market. You know, I think that's worthwhile. Sure. Um, But then, you know, if Notre Dame is involved, then, okay, well, now we go to the middle of the country and we get TCU and we get Baylor and maybe even we think about SMU and Houston because then you've got the, you know, the biggest, the two biggest TV markets in, uh, in Texas, in the middle of the country, you know, beyond Chicago, obviously, but you know, that probably, you know, that, yeah, the next two biggest in, in terms of the middle of the country. And then you go out to the West coast and now we're talking about Cal and Stanford, because even if we don't have the LA market, at least we've got the, 
San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose market yeah. there in Northern California. And then we go up farther North, you know, and, and, you know, so now you're coast to coast, you get maybe Oregon and, and Washington involved as well. I, I mean, to me, there are crazier ideas. I, I think, doing I think like that. look, look, I, I think that would be the ultimate power move by Notre Dame. Like, look, we're not joining a conference. We're starting one. Like that, that would be the ultimate power move by Notre Dame. And I would just, that would be the get your popcorn out and just watch everybody <laughs> just lose their minds as Notre Dame plucks who they want from all over the country and just start your own conference. I, I number one, I think they could do it. It would, it would take, it would be very interesting to see how that would go. In my opinion, you'd have to do it pretty much behind the scenes and then just announce it like mic drop style. That's hey, right. here's our 12 team conference, 16 team conference. Let's go. Like right. I, it, that would be the ultimate, you know, you thought that USC, you know, UCLA going to the pack to or going to the big 10 was like a major announcement. That would be the ultimate mic drop. If Notre Dame started their own conference you know, you call it whatever you want, Conference USA, and then just <laughs> boom, I think baby. that one's taken. I, I know. One's taken, but, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like, it, here it, it is. Because like Michael says, I said for the ACC conference to give the conference to Notre Dame, and people said I'm crazy. That's called big business. And, I mean, I don't disagree with that. It, it couldn't be seen publicly as, you know, Notre Dame is running this thing, obviously. But Notre Dame would have heck of a lot of pull in making yeah. something like this happen yep. if you – you know, where to, where to look, go out and, and they and do that. Kind of, yeah. They get all those different schools. And when they announce it, they're like, oh, yeah. And by the way, we just got a billion dollar, you know, TV deal with X. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how it's done. That's how you do it. Yeah. I agree with Alan. Alan's saying it would take a billion dollars plus. Yeah. Where do you think these conferences are getting their money from a TV deal? Notre Dame gets a TV deal together. They get all these teams in the conference. That's how it's done. I mean, it, it could. I'm not saying it could be easily done, but Notre Dame has the power to do it. Period. Yeah. Jay Wick 13 says it would be similar to how Texas basically ran the Big 12 for a while, and you know, you're you're right about that. And so now I was, you know, I was when when I started in college at the University of Kansas in 1991, it was still the Big Eight. Right. By the time I finished college, <laughs> it was the Big 12. <laughs> and all these stupid Texas schools came along. And believe me, you know, none of the existing schools liked how much sway Texas had right. in this whole thing. And the fact that they were bringing all these other Texas schools along with them, you know, it kind of, it backed them up. Well, look at where Texas A&M took off first. And then the fact that Nebraska and Colorado took off, you know, there was a lot of dissatisfaction. Missouri took off. There was a lot of dissatisfaction with how much sway Texas had in yeah. the Big 12. And now, you know, it, it basically, you know, the, the conference started to erode and you had all these defections and now even Texas itself is leaving. Right. So, you know, none of it was ever good enough for Texas. Right, you know, exactly. You couldn't have a Big 12 network because Texas had to have the Longhorn network. So right. Trust me. I know. You don't have to tell me about that. <laughs> but, you know, if Notre Dame starts their own conference – they're going to have a heck of a lot of say. You can say that everybody's even at the table and all these other things, and that's yeah. what you—that's what you sell if you're Notre Dame. But at the end of the day, you know Notre Dame's seat's going to be about six inches higher than everybody else's. Very true. 
So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Again, like to circle back to where we started, Vince, Notre Dame still has a lot of leverage in all this. Oh, yes. And Notre Dame in the short term, you know, I, I, I don't know how long this leverage lasts, I guess, but based on all these things that we talked about, Notre Dame has enough leverage. I don't think they feel like they've got to make a decision right now. They're going to explore, I think, whatever possibilities are out there, as many possibilities as they can. Sure. I think there's going to be a lot of talks all over the country, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have to figure out how they're going to stay viable. You know, there was a report today that the two Arizona schools in Colorado and Utah are talking to the Big 12 right now. So there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of talks that are going on. Notre Dame has a ton of leverage. Yes, they do. And they 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 just have to, you know, again, it, it comes down to the two biggest factors, and that is access to the college football playoff. Again, we don't know what that's going to look like going forward after 2025. And along with that, a TV partner, you know, that that gives them that revenue. So, you know, again, that's that's what led to all these other schools losing their independence, these former big players, you know, on the independent scene, that's what led to them ultimately not being in independence anymore. They didn't have the, the TV contract. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. So we'll see what happens, but I think uh, here's what I will say. Join the message board. If you haven't already, the Irish yes. Breaking message board, because there is some Intel over there about conference, affiliation as from a Notre Dame perspective from some sources that Brian put out. So I would suggest that you check that out and then uh, we'll, we'll give everybody about 24 hours if you're not a member of the message board and then we'll talk about it on the show, but uh, definitely get over there. It's worth your time. It's worth the five bucks a month or whatever Brian charges for the message board. Believe me, because he has all the data and all the Intel. So check that out as well. We went for a while tonight had a lot of people with us on the youtube stream we appreciate you thanks for coming in tonight before we sign off though brian uh brian Uh, sean Sean, you're sean brian's the other guy uh before we sign off you know (laughs) got a gnat flying around our uh our face is left numb though our fuck that's good our father from canada says i had to duck out for a bit but i'm guessing we never got to the baseball search yeah um well let's go ahead and touch on it yeah you know, there was so much going on with the football talk. Todd Inter Donato, the Wofford coach, is uh, had the report on him uh, over the weekend. He interviewed last week. So as of right now, it is the Wofford coach, Todd Inter Donato. They've had, you know, he's been there a lot long. He, it's the same conference that Link Jarrett was in at UC, uh, UNC Greensboro, Wofford. They're, they're both in the Southern Conference. Um, had a lot of success. They have one Wofford has that conference the last two years. And I think it is off the top of my head. It is something like, like nine or 10 years running. They've been one of the top stolen base teams in the country. They led the nation in back, you know, back to back years, like stolen bases under Intertonado. So, you know, they're very aggressive there. So he is as of right now, um, you know, the only external candidate, that I can speak on that I have definitely heard has been involved in that process. Uh, the Wofford head coach, and then the two Irish assistants, Chuck Ristano, the pitching coach and Rich Wallace hitting coach slash recruiting coordinator are uh, still in the room there. As well, 
So that's kind of, you know, early. Are you still with me? Am, am I still with you? I, I can hear you now. There was a bit of silence there for a moment, uh, but I got you now. I think we're starting to break up. So that's what we have right now. <laughs> Vince is better than Wolford. Okay, that's what that's what D Rock Irish says. I think I think I think we're pushing our limit with this. Yeah, I, I based just just based on that right now, and I don't mean this, you know, as a shot at any of these guys, because again, I think that the two assistants um are both to me. I think they're good candidates because of the fact that, you know, that, that, that they were there with Link Jarrett, you know, they, they essentially kind of have the secret sauce, the formula that Link Jarrett had that turned this into a nationally contending team. But the fact that we're that like two assistants and the Wolford coach are the three to me, you know, like we talked over the last few weeks about, you know, sort of, putting resources into this program to me it it, it kind of says that they really kind of have eyes on keeping that coach's salary in the pretty manageable yeah range. right because i have to think that there has probably been some interest you know and in, in here and there i've kind of heard that there is some interest you know from from maybe some bigger names um bigger names cost more money <laughs> i guess they do you know? Yes, they do. Yeah. So, hey, I'll just remind you, uh, like us on uh, on the YouTube stream, subscribe to us, um, follow us, comment, rate us on the podcast platforms. We really appreciate it, and it really helps out the channel. We'll uh, hopefully have some more on, uh, you know, the whole baseball coaching search and stuff like that, you know, as, uh, as the week goes on. I'm, you know... I want to say like July 19th was around the time Link Jarrett was announced as head coach. We knew he was going to be head coach prior to that, but I'm, you know, I wouldn't be in panic mode just because, you know, it's been less than it's, it's only been a week since he was officially named at Florida state. And it's still been less than two weeks, you know, since the report came out that he was going there. So, right. You want, you, you, you do want to make sure you're finding the right guy. Absolutely. You got to make, you got to make, this is a, this is a huge moment for Notre Dame baseball right now. And I I think it's even bigger than when Paul left because they weren't coming off the college world series when Paul left. Right. Right. They're coming off of a college world series. There's a ton of momentum. There's a bunch of young guys in this program. You want to stop the bleeding of the transfer portal. You need to get somebody in here and you need to make the right decision. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Great stuff. We had a lot of stuff. We're going to continue. You know, we'll, we'll keep on talking about this, what Notre Dame is going to do. And you some know other, We'll try to go some different directions with it because there's some other stuff we were going to try to get to today that we didn't even get to. So, yeah, I know, we right? got all that coming up. Yep. All right, Vince. Appreciate you as always. Yes, sir. It's Tuesday, so I guess I won't talk to you on the show till next week. Sad, but true. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you later. That's going to be right. it for us tonight at Ivy Nation Sports Talk.